Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. How alive the Word of God is. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, able to divide between soul and spirit, bone and marrow. You know, when you get into the Word, the Word gets into you. When you search the Scriptures, the Scriptures search you. It's a searching of the Scriptures, and as you do, God by the Holy Spirit searches you. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Proverbs. In today's message, Pastor J.D. will remind you that the Word of God is alive and powerful. Although the Bible is very old, that doesn't diminish its importance. The Bible was written by human writers, but it was inspired by God. And just like the Lord Himself, it's timeless. So take time today and get into God's Word. Now be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in Proverbs chapter 29 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. I have really been looking forward to resuming our study through the Bible, book by book, chapter by chapter, and verse by verse. We started in Genesis and then uh, went through Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, First and Second Samuel, First and Second Kings, First and Second Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther. Wow, what a book! Uh, Job, Psalms. I think Psalms took us about a year and a half, and then Proverbs, where we're at, and we finished off in chapter twenty-eight, and so we're going to pick it up in chapter twenty-nine in our study through the Bible. I think you would agree that. If there were ever a time for the much-needed wisdom in the book of Proverbs, it's now. Would you agree? You know, one of the things that I learned early on as a young Christian was that the book of Proverbs was a great devotional for every day of the month. You got 31 chapters, and for the most part you have 31 days in the month. And so early on, and actually uh, when our children were young, we started off doing this, and to this day it has grounded them in God's Word, starting with the book of Proverbs. So today's the 28th. We're going to be in chapter 29, but on that day of the month, that's the chapter you're in. And I'm sure you uh, understand this when I say this, but without exception, uh, you'll read that chapter that day, and during that day something will happen. Something will come up, and God's Word will come up, and there will be a specific proverb that morning that God had prepared you because of that which was prepared for you, during the day. And wouldn't you know (laughs) that tonight is no exception. 
we're going to see in this chapter just how applicable, how alive the Word of God is. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, able to divide between soul and spirit, bone and marrow. You know, when you get into the Word, the Word gets into you. When you search the Scriptures, the Scriptures search you. It's a searching of the Scriptures, and as you do, God by the Holy Spirit searches you and searches your heart. It's that prayer, I love it, where it says, Oh Lord, search my heart and see if there be anything at all that would keep me from hearing you, knowing you, loving you. All right, let's jump in. Verse 1, right out of the chute, man. He who is often rebuked and hardens his neck will suddenly be destroyed, and that without remedy. Wow. I mean, I don't know if somebody comes to mind, but there are just some people. I mean, no matter what you say, no matter how lovingly you try to correct them or instruct them, even, God forbid, rebuke them, they continue to stiffen their neck and harden their heart, and they do so to their own peril, such that, notice, the destruction comes suddenly, without remedy. There's no remedial anything. It's the destruction that will always ensue when you harden your heart, you deafen your ears, you close your eyes, you stiffen your neck to that instruction, that rebuke, that correction. Verse 2, when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when a wicked man rules, the people groan. Now, if you're anything like me, and I suspect that you are when you read a proverb like this, you're prone to see it in the context of a nation. When you have someone in authority in a nation that is righteous, the people rejoice. And then conversely, when someone who is wicked rules a nation, the people groan. And certainly that is true. But I would suggest that it really is across the board in every arena of life. Let's talk about church life. When you have those that are in authority, that are unrighteous, the people groan under the weight, the crushing weight of that. And conversely, when you have those in authority, in positions of authority, God-given, authority, and they are righteous. Oh, the people rejoice. Not just the church life, how about family life? The parental God-given authority. When the mother, the father, are exercising their God-given authority in righteousness, there is rejoicing. And conversely, 
unrighteous, there is groaning. Verse 3 is interesting. I was thinking about this on the way here tonight. It says, whoever loves wisdom makes his father rejoice, but a companion of harlots wastes his wealth. You know, there's a lot of Proverbs, as we've seen, that deal with parenting. And as I've often shared very candidly, uh, parenting is the hardest job bar none. (laughs) I have started businesses, operated businesses, I have planted churches, pastored churches, and combined it does not compare with the difficulty of parenting. And so I'm grateful for the Proverbs that deal with parenting, and we're going to see a couple of those yet in this chapter. But this particular proverb, what's interesting to me is that it deals more with the son or the daughter than it does with the mother or the father. Because really it's speaking to the son, to the daughter, and basically saying this to them concerning their mother and father. You know, if you're wise and you love wisdom, and by the way, to love wisdom is not synonymous with having wisdom. It's like the truth. I can, I can love the truth, but that's not synonymous with me walking in the truth. Just because I love something doesn't mean that it's part of what I do. So it's loving wisdom, and so much so that if you are wise, you will make your father rejoice. Now here's what I was thinking. Every child wants the approval of their parents. I mean, that's a, the way God wired us to be. Every child wants to make their father proud and their mother happy. And <laughs> it works both ways. I don't know of a, a parent who doesn't want their child to be wise and make them proud and make them happy and make them rejoice. But here's the thing. It, again, it goes both ways, and it's been called the three A's. Affection attention, and affirmation. Attention, affection, and affirmation. And with those three, any child will bring joy to the heart of his father or mother. In other words, that's wisdom. That, that's being wise and loving wisdom. You will make your father rejoice. You know, you've heard it said, I've said it many times, a parent is only as happy as their saddest child. And again, that's the way God made us. And by the way, this applies to our Heavenly Father. When we as His children love wisdom, walk wisely, circumspectly, we bring joy to the heart of our Heavenly Father. Just like we can bring joy to the heart of our Heavenly Father, so too can we grieve 
the heart of our Heavenly Father. Now here's a, another contrasting proverb, and it's kind of uh, gnarly. Here's the, the son, the daughter that loves wisdom and brings joy to the heart of the parent, contrasted with the son or the daughter who's a companion of harlots and wastes wealth. I think about the parable we affectionately refer to that Jesus taught of the prodigal son, who did exactly that, brought much grief to his father's heart. But interesting, (laughs) when he came to his senses and returned, where's the father? And what's the father doing? He's waiting with open arms. We're told that he was watching for him, waiting for him, doubtless praying for him to return. Boy, I tell you, we've talked about this before, the power of a praying parent. Woo! Man, the power of a praying parent. You know, it's lost in our culture, but in the Middle Eastern culture, in my Arab culture, to do what the father did in this parable that Jesus taught was unthinkable. Because we're told that when the father saw his son returning from afar off, he ran to him and embraced him. And you know the story, he throws this huge feast for him. You will never see that in the Middle East. It is shameful. The father would never, I mean, picture him pulling up his robe so he can run. The father never runs to the son. The son runs to the father. Oh, in that culture? So the point of it is, and this is what's missed in it, is that is our heavenly father who will run to us and embrace us. Oh, but you don't know what I did. That's not good. That's not good. Reread the parable of the prodigal son. I mean, he basically makes his dad give him his inheritance early. And he takes all of his inheritance and he leaves. I'm out of here. That must have been really hard. Every night, could you imagine how many sleepless nights that father had? Oh, praying, oh Lord, please protect him, protect him, return him. Let, it, let him come to his senses. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. I mean, he finds himself basically sh- shoveling <laughs> manure, as it were. <laughs> and he realizes, even my father's servants have it better than I do. Because he had squandered all of his wealth on partying and rowdy living and harlotry and all of these things. And it was all gone. And he was left with nothing. And interesting, we're told that he, he thought to himself, I will go back home and maybe my father will accept me back and I'll just, I'll be a servant. Not even his son, I'll just be a servant because even that's better than this. Imagine to his surprise. <laughs> Could you imagine him on the way home 
rehearsing what he's going to say. Dad, I'm so sorry. I blew it. I blew it big. I blew it bad. I'm so sorry. Please, I'll, I'll just be a, a servant. I would rather be a servant, you know, under you than be out there. I blew it all. All that inheritance, all that money you gave me, I completely blew it. I'm so sorry. Could you imagine him rehearsing how he's going to say it? And then he gets there and no words. Just the Father running to him and embracing him and loving on him. Maybe you're watching this online and that's you. (laughs) You've been running from him. And now it's time to run back to him and he will receive you with open arms. You'll see. Verse 4, the king establishes the land by justice, but he who receives bribes overthrows it. In other words, it's a level, just, even playing field when everybody plays by the rules. But boy, when you introduce this unjust perversion of justice, this bribery, this this extortion, you completely change the whole dynamic. You overthrow it. It's no longer just, and it is no longer even and fair. Verse 5. This is interesting. A man who flatters his neighbor spreads a net for his feet. I've heard it said this way, beware of the man that wants to give you the shirt off his back. Because it's kind of like, what's the catch? (laughs) When somebody is overly flattering you, it's kind of like, what do you want? Every once in a while my daughter will come upstairs, I'll be studying, and she'll start by saying something to the effect of, Baba, Do you know how great of a dad you are? What do you want? What do you want? That's what what it's saying. Verse 6, By transgression an evil man is snared, but the righteous sings and rejoices. This speaks to how the evil man, the unrighteous man, one who transgresses does so to their own harm. They end up trapped, snared by their own transgression. In a way they they fall into their own trap, their own, the snare of their own sin. But contrasted with the righteous, they sing and rejoice. Verse 7, The righteous considers the cause of the poor, but, by contrast, the wicked does not understand such knowledge. This has the idea of the righteous. They're considerate. They consider those less fortunate, the vulnerable, the cause of the poor, but the wicked does have they, they have no consideration. They don't even, they don't even think about that. They have such, they, they do not have even the knowledge of it. They could care less. Verse 8, and this is what I 
I want to spend maybe just a little bit of time on because it's exactly as I mentioned at the beginning what we're seeing take place in real time as we speak. Let me read the proverb first. Scoffers set a city aflame, but wise men turn away wrath. So before the worship started, I was on Twitter and following this. I actually am kind of late to this because I was so busy today. And actually, I think it was yesterday. But um, I don't know if you heard about this uh, incident in Minneapolis. Uh, as we speak, this was just, uh, oh, actually the Jerusalem Post just posted this one minute ago. Protesters set fire to the Minneapolis police station amid demonstrations over the death of George Floyd. Uh, there were, they were covering it uh, today. I wasn't able to really uh, watch the coverage, nor did I necessarily want to. I, I, I saw the video, but I couldn't watch it. I just, it, was, it was so horrific. Basically, a police officer murdered, and it was a murder, uh, a black man uh, by putting his uh, foot on his neck and cutting off his air supply, and he killed him. It's an eight-minute video. It's online. I, I don't recommend you watch it. It is, it is just um, heartbreaking. Uh, more information is coming out, but uh, what's happening now is the riots that are taking place, the looting that is taking place, they are literally burning the city of Minneapolis to the ground. The, the police station there is on fire. There's video all over social media now. Uh, it's, um, I think, five hours ahead there. So this is into the now uh, late hours of the night, early hours of the morning. Um, it's appalling. I've, I've talked with others about it, and it does seem that this was deliberate, and there were attempts made to get the police officer to uh, remove his foot from this man's um, neck so that he could breathe. Uh, I don't want to be so graphic, but I just saw this, and again, it's all just now coming out, but apparently, and I want to say it was a tweet about how he was actually a strong believer. We're so glad you joined us for this edition of In Spirit and Truth. Our time with you is coming to an end today, but that doesn't mean you have to stop learning from God's Word. We encourage you to read the Bible yourself. You can start in Proverbs, where Pastor J.D. left off, or turn to another book. Each one holds information, encouragement, and instruction that will be beneficial to you. Are you part of a community of believers? If you haven't yet found a church that you can call home, we'd like to encourage you to make that a top priority. A church family can be a source of support and comfort, and most importantly, a group of faithful prayer warriors. 
This is also a place you can serve and encourage others too and where you can be challenged to dive deeper into your relationship with Christ. If you're in the Kaneohe area, you have a standing invitation to be part of our family of believers. Come join Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. You can find out more and get directions at our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com. While you're there, be sure to check out Pastor J.D.'s additional teachings as well as his Mideast Prophecy Updates. We also have some helpful resources, too. You'll find Pastor J.D.'s ABCs of Salvation there, a great way to share the simplicity of the gospel message with friends and family. That's all available at our website. Again, that's in spiritandtruthradio.com. Thanks for tuning in today. Join us next time for more from Proverbs, right here on In Spirit and Truth. Call me, me true, true.